The Sabres, Rick Jetterette, the Predators, the Panthers. That's all coming up here on the Locked On Sabres podcast with Joe DiBiase and Jordan Hanskin. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Lockdown Sabres podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online is you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making us your first listen every day here on Lockdown Sabres. Joe DiBiase and Jordan Hanskin were free and available on all platforms Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Odyssey. You also can watch us on the show on our YouTube channel. We've got some film breakdown to get to a little bit later on, which is always good to watch along with us on YouTube as we will break down Sabres and Panthers, which occurred on Sunday afternoon. Of course, we'll go through the Sabres predators fiasco as well. The whole game on Saturday or on Friday night, how great it was the game itself. But of course we'll talk plenty about Rick Jenneret and what happened on RJ night on Friday. It was special, special day to be in the arena uh be sure to follow us on twitter at sneaky joe sports for me jordan is at jr hanskin and the podcast account is at locked on sabers jordan what i know you weren't in the arena because you're obviously out of state right now i was in the arena but i want we're gonna talk lots of rj tonight because that was i mean that was the best night that i've been in the arena in a decade and before I get we get my perspective on it from being in the building, I am curious about yours watching it on TV because I picked up a little bit of the scent from my brother and like talking about how he got emotional just watching the video on TV and hearing the ovation through the television. Um, but from your perspective, what was Friday to you for just for Generette in general and also the atmosphere? I thought they did a great job. Um they they showed the high so i have like nhl whatever the what is a game pass or what the nhl the ES- pass whatever the espn plus package or not the espn plus i have that too but i was watching it on direct tv whatever the oh like, NHL, center NHL, NHL center ice nhl center ice center ice yeah. yeah and so we don't get the pregame okay like we we only get it from 7 p.m. onward and they did a good job recapping of like the big moments of the speech. So I had to watch the speech later on afterwards and all the, the entire ceremony. Mm. Um, they did a great job. Like I thought the presentation was awesome. Um, we've, we've kind of criticized the Sabres over the past few years of not doing super great job with fan experience. Mm. Um, but this one, they, I thought they nailed it. Um, yeah. With like the, the images of the fans holding up the pictures um of all like the great saber moments like and it was like yeah the older crowd with the 70s and then you had mm. newer fans and then you had the kids yeah um holding holding like pictures of like 2006 2007 and i thought it was it was it was a great great look and honor for yeah. generate like there aren't many people that aren't involved in the organization like really he's he works for the team but he's He's not a hockey. He has no influence on the hockey team itself. Yeah. Um, and they they like truly honored him for what he was, which is the voice of the fans. And I think that that was that was the best thing about it. And 
really the night was just all around fun for the whole time. Now, Jenneret mm. was not on the call, which I thought was I surprising. But then I was like, I get it. He's he's getting schmoozed and all, yeah. all the good stuff. Like, he's in he's in a suite stuff. right now. He's 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 yeah. having a beer, watching it. Yeah, he probably yeah, like, he a good shouldn't time. he shouldn't be working that night. Yeah. Um. So, but uh, yeah, yeah. I thought I thought Dunleavy did well. Um, kind of mm. like just like talking constantly about like what a great night this is for RJ. What a great moment. Um, Dunleavy's grown on me to be honest. Um, but this is this was RJ's night, and it was like they they made it all about him. I felt. Yeah. And the Sabers the Sabers played well, which made it doubly good. Yeah, there were a couple of things uh, that I experienced on the night. One was dealing with traffic, <laughs> dealing with real oh, wow. sports traffic. Jordan, we showed up. At, I don't think I've told you this even off air yet. We because they were giving out the RJ banners, and there were ten thousand of them, uh, and that was it. So his first ten thousand people in the arena were going to get them. So we left our house at five p.m. It took us ten minutes to get down around the arena. And then we sat in traffic to get in at, again, like 10 after 5 for 40 to 45 minutes before we were able to park. Like, it was – everyone was piling in there early. You know, there wasn't a crazy line. Wait, did you park by, now. like, the garage? No, we parked actually – we parked up by, like, Pearl Street. We thought we'd park okay. far away so that that would make it easier. We'd walk to the arena. It was a nice day out here. Uh, fairly nice out. But everyone must have had the same idea. Or people just forgot how to drive in, in stadium traffic because they haven't had to do it at a Sabre game in three years. Because obviously this year the place has been – the fullest it's been was Eichel night, Eichel's return. And that was like thirteen to 14,000. So we were still talking, you know, 60 to 70% capacity at best. And then last year there were no fans there because of the pandemic. And then the year before that, and we're talking three years ago. <laughs> so – um it, it was, that was one thing to deal with. I did not end up getting in time for a banner, but luckily uh, our friend's uh, dad ended up grabbing an extra one. So I did get my hands on a banner. By the way, just throw this PSA out there to everybody. Before you go out and spend $150 to buy one of those banners on eBay, there is a, there's a they're not a sponsor, so I'm not going to say their names, uh, but they, they rhyme with Schmegsman's. Uh, they sell a a RJ banner, the exact same banner they were giving out in the arena for $3.99. So before you go spend $150 on eBay to buy one of those things, they're selling them at Schmegman's for uh, for $3.99. Um, so that's one thing. So we we it took us forever to get in there, but once we were in there, other outside of like the ceremony, man, that thing was like a giant reunion. That thing was like a giant reunion. Just you knew everyone that was in the building. You were walking down the concourse. You would notice somebody. It's like everyone was everyone was back in there for the first time in three years because Zenon Kanopka was there. Zenon Kanopka was there. I found out later that uh, he was there because he lives in the area, by the way, and he's he's like very involved in like the alumni festivities and like cool. different the Sabres Foundation. But at first, I'm like Zenon Kanopka. <laughs> Like what? Twenty game <laughs> tanker, saber Xenon Kanapka steroid user. Isn't he the guy that got? Didn't he He's get a steroid guy? I think he got suspended for PEDs when he was with the Sabers. Uh, Maybe I shouldn't throw that out there without knowing that hundred percent. But I'm pretty sure that's uh, that happened. Happens, um, it happens to the best of them. But anyways, <laughs> does it? Sounds like he's a good guy and he's like very involved with Sabers. So now I understand why he was on the ice. But that was funny. Um, but yeah, like just 
there there's people that I haven't seen in years and like they're at the Sabre game and it really felt like a reunion for everybody being back in the building. It also, man, the, the, the energy in that place that night, it felt like, it felt like the type of energy that I haven't seen in that building personally since the 2011 season, like there, that I was not in the building when they beat the sharks for the 10 game win streak. So I'm sure that was similar but I wasn't there for that. For me personally, it was the first time in a decade that that building was that loud. It was a sellout crowd. They, an official sellout crowd, every seat in the building was packed. And you know, like RJ is unifying, right? RJ is the one unifying thing about the team. He's more unifying than the colors, like the colors you could have different opinions on red and black, blue and gold, what you grew up with, whether or not red and black should have existed. It, the logo changes, the jersey changes, the colors change, the building changes, the owners have changed four times. The one constant for all of us that we all can rally around is Rick Jenneret over the last 51 years. And that is really what that building felt like. It was, we know that this building has been dead all year. And the team is in an NHL record 11-year postseason drought. And we're upset still on the long term with them. We're hopeful. We're hopeful because it's been going well as of late. But we're not going to games because we're PO'd. You know, we're pissed off at them. So that's why we haven't been going to games this year and not spending money on it. But you make it about RJ and it's, all right, we're showing up for him. That's really what it was. Everyone's showing up for Rick Jenneret that we were not going to let as a fan base, we were not going to let his night be half full. We were going to pack the house. And that's exactly what happened. He got, I mean, a three to four minute standing ovation. It was, it didn't want to die off. Um, I got a little nervous at first when, when Brian Duff introduced the Pagulas and there was a little bit of a boo. And then I'm like, Oh, this is going to get awkward really quick. Then they moved off him really quick, introduced Rob Ray and they moved past it. And then Terry, was was stepping to the podium. And my first thought was, oh no, this is going to be really bad. Are they going to boo him during his speech or something? But I'll say this, Terry saved himself. Terry saved himself, I think, from a, a, a chorus of boos by just like putting his arm out and pointing to, to RJ and like making that the time for his standing O because obviously they weren't going to boo RJ. So I think Terry did a good job getting through that. And then, you know what? I, Terry did a good job with his speech. Because, you know, he he kind of reached for, like, I'm going to avoid the last decade. I'm not even going to reference it. Let me just talk about the things I talked about when I first got here. My introductory press conference. Sitting on a bridge in Pittsburgh, picking up WGR, listening to RJ do a playoff game in the 70s. Like, he did a good job with that. Go ahead. That was what made us, like, love him when we first bought the team was like, this guy's a fan, just like us. Like he, he always, he was like, the reason he bought the Sabres because the Sabres, it was like surprising that they were being sold. Right. And it was like, he bought the Sabres because he's like a diehard Sabre fan mm -hmm. that has a lot of money. And it's like, we thought that that was going to be like, Oh, it's going to be this glorious rise. Um, the goal is to win the Stanley cup was his famous line, but it was, right. uh, yeah. I mean, that's smart because it, it's a unifying thing. Um, and you, goes to your theme of unifying as right. uh, as the and, moment and then rj's speech man i thought he killed it i thought he killed it i mean the i love you uh phrase at the end that like his tagline to go out like come on and he that, said it he said it like slowly he's like i love you yeah he did and it perfect like, oh. <laughs> he hit the nail on the head he got the standing oh 
Um, what an amazing night. Amazing night to be in that building. It makes me really miss that type of atmosphere uh, in the building. And we'll talk more about what the atmosphere was like in the game itself uh, when we come back. And then we'll talk some Sabres and Panthers, which came on Sunday afternoon uh, a little bit later on as well. Before we get to all that, though, it's that time of year that I've pretty much given up all my New Year's resolutions, but not this year because I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. If you've not tried the Puffs yet and you haven't tried Built Bars yet, that that's my I think that's your best starting point. Go for the brownie batter Puffs, and then you're going to be willing to give 20 different Built Bars a try because they're that good. Like it is, It lays the foundation. Because they're that good. The brownie batter, it melts in your mouth. They're 100% covered in chocolate, including the puffs. They're 100% covered in chocolate. But they're healthy. Low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. That's because that's really what they compare to. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. But Built Bars, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar. For me and Jordan, who are doing keto. It's perfect. 4 net carbs and 17 grams of protein. New flavors this month. Include white chocolate cookies and cream. That's been the most popular this month. So I've not had it yet, but I've had the right of the regular cookies and cream, and that one is dynamite. So I can't imagine that this one isn't great. Also, go to built.com, use the promo code locked15. You'll get 15% off your order. Use the code locked15 for 15% off at built.com. Jody Biasi, Jordan Hanskin back here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast, recapping RJ Knight a little bit here before we get to Sabres and Panthers, which came your way on Sunday. Um, we left off talking about like the atmosphere pregame, the the booing of the refs, the cheering of every little hit. Did did it seem like on the game also to you that like the players were really juiced up for that? It, like it it felt like to me that they there was a noticeable difference. Like they were playing playoff style hockey, where like what what's the best way to describe playoff style? Like every every chance for a hit they were taking. You know there wasn't any peeling <laughs> off. Yeah, no, I, I I felt that from them. Um, they've been tasked with the tall order of winning back a fan base, mm-hmm. and given their current makeup, they're not they're not by no means a perfect team. Um, but I think they've done a lot of those things that make people want to come back and make people respect them at least. Um, I was thinking about that today. Is this could have gone really bad this season. It could have mm-hmm. been awful. Like we knew the fans were more like in prove it mode, like win us back. Like we're not, we're not, we're not just going to, we don't owe you anything. We're mm-hmm. not just going to go watch you to watch you. And this team, they've, I feel like they've, they've won me back. They've won me back for sure. Like I, I know I'm out of state right now. I don't get to go to the games. But, like, I'd be very happy to if I was in Buffalo right now. Mm-hmm. I think that they are, they are at least fun. And they are at least, like, giving it their best every night. Does, now, sometimes it doesn't go well, um, as Sunday would indicate. But, like, I just feel like they've, they've delivered on winning us back with, the, with their style of play. Um, they're, they're youthful and they're, they're energetic and they... I think they've actually, to to their credit, they've risen to moments. Like when when the Sabers haven't had many big moments this season, but when the game did have an extra like reason to mean something, mm. I feel like they've answered the call almost every time. Yeah, 
No, I agree. Uh, and they definitely did that against the Predators. I mean, they were they were the better team in that game, I thought, through and through. They actually they ended up, what was it, 60? No, 55% expected goals for in the game. They were awesome in the first period. A little bit of a lull in the second. Beginning of the third, they really started to take over. And then it got close. It got close at the end. Ev was edge of our seats. Like, we were all standing up for that <laughs> at the end. Like, oh, it was... And they... The, the Sabres did a great job, like make showing RJ in the tunnel, like when there was like 30 seconds left to a minute left. I don't know if they did that on the TV broadcast, but when they showed him, it was like, come on, like, and everyone realized there's a minute left and like the face-offs to the left of Ant- Craig Anderson and they showed RJ. It's like, oh, we got to have this moment. We've got to have this moment at the end. Do not blow this. It was, I was so nervous that they were going to blow it. Luckily, they did not. It came close. They had their chances in the last 30 seconds, Nashville did. And we got the moment, right? What a moment to – the other thing, too, pressure cooker. I was like – I was like going like this when they were bringing RJ out onto the ice because you knew the ovation was going to be awesome. The picture even was cool, like, to have that. The players surrounding him. Like, that was going to be an awesome, special moment. In my mind, though, maybe I'm a, I'm a cynic. I am thinking – Oh my God, Alex Tuck and Cody Egan. There is so much pressure on you right now. Do not let this man fall on the ice. Cause he was, there was no carpet. Uh-huh. There was, there was no carpet. I'm like, yeah. can we lay out a carpet for the man? There was, but I'm like, Rick's, oh Rick's walked on an ice before. Rick, but, Rick yeah. knows what's up. But man, that I just, I'm like, oh, but do not let him fall. Oh, Alex Tuck though. You know, you know him, especially I'm not, I'm not judging Cody Eakin by this. There is no, there is no way Alex Tuck was going to let that man fall. He was not. No, he, <laughs> there was no way he was going to let that. And then fall. I think Akposo helped him on the way back. And it's like, he did. there's no way Akposo is going to let this guy fall. No, <laughs> not, not letting this guy fall. So that was cool at the end too. Uh, but the Sabres played well. They played well. I thought the entire game, uh, we'll give some credit cake out. Uh, here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. If you want to follow along on the video, uh, you can check us out on YouTube. So we're going to start with the first goal from the Predators game on on Friday night, and this is the Peyton Krebs goal. So we're going to pick it up at the 18-minute mark of the first period. They got it going quick. The puck goes around behind the net. This is going to be a lot of Dylan Cousins here in this play. Just battling along the wall with two other Predators, chips it out, and then really some powerful strides to kind of beat the Predators forward to the to the right side of the ice so they can get a shot on net. And then there's Peyton Krebs to clean up the rebound and put it home. So my inclination is to give majority of the credit here on the first goal against Nashville to Dylan Cousins. But what do you think about uh, the Sabres' first goal? Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Cousins did the majority of the work there. Um, the shot, now some people would say that's not a great shot. That's an excellent shot. Backside pad is what you're taught to do, especially if you're taking a low percentage shot. Right. So it's like, just, just give your, your guy an opportunity for a rebound. Um, Krebs did a good job positioning wise, good job crashing the net there. Um, Mm. And I want to give Krebs more uh, credit for the celebration too. Okay. That's a great, that's a great celly for a sellout crowd. Mm -hmm. To jump straight to the glass. Going straight to the wall. Yeah. Yeah, that that would be like if I was an NHL player that would on home games, that would be my go to all the time is going to the crowd. Like, yeah, it would be all about the crowd every time. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I like Sully. 75 percent for 75 percent for Cousins, though. This was all Cousins. It was like he won battles. Yeah. Which is what like on a four check like that, especially dump and chase. That's how you that's how you score goals. Yeah. You know what? 
I, I, so I didn't notice this on the first time watching it. It's a good pinch. I, we should give Olafson a little, so just a taste here, you know, just a bite, not, 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 not a slice of the pie or a slice of the cake, but give him a bite because the, the, the four check, like he causes the turnover here by yeah. going around the net and then he gets the stick in there. Like Cousins does all the work after that. Olafson kind of starts the, the whole process. Um, and then he actually peters off. Looks like goes for a change. So bad change. Bad I, change. I'm thinking bad change. Yeah, he just throws his on the ice. He gets the plus. Um, I would go, I think I would go like 70% for Cousins, 25% for for Krebs, and 5% for Olafson. How's that sound? You want to wiggle that you around at 70, all? 70, 25, 5? Yeah. We want to wiggle yeah. that around at all? That's fine. No, all that's right. good. All right. Um, and then the second goal uh from the uh the second goal that we're going to break down not the second goal of the game was actually it was the saber second goal it was the saber second goal so we're going now to the middle of the first period uh this is going to be the tage thompson goal 29th of the season he gets his 30th right after on kind of a bank shot off a defenseman the crowd there were many times during the night they erupted when the guy got on the pa and i don't even know who the sabers uh, announcer guy is anymore for that but when he got on it and he said his 30th goal of the season, I mean, the place went bonkers when he scored his 30th. But this was his 29th. So we'll break down play-by-play Thompson's 29th goal of the season to make it 2-1 against Nashville. A lot of good Alex Tuck plays here. In fact, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back just so we can kind of break this down frame by frame. There is pressure from Alex Tuck, causes a turnover. He picks it up himself, and then he makes a cut to the middle of the ice and gets a scoring chance. Then Thompson does his work along the wall. It gets kind of floated over back to the wall. And then there's the pass by Tuck into the center of the ice. And Tage Thompson, standing still, by the way. Look at the torque he gets on that shot when he is not skating towards the net. I mean, that is a great shot by Thompson. But a lot of good work here by Alex Tuck. Um, so what's what's your first thoughts watching the goal back from Friday night? This was the This was the goal that I actually tweeted about saying, like, this was as good of a shift as I've seen like Crosby's lines have mm. or like any of the best lines you could think of in the league, the Bergeron line. Like this was just like they've made, they were making like individual plays. Um, seems like they got like eyes in the back of their head, making passes without looking. Um, they, they look like a legit first line. Um, now, ideally, are they? necessarily as presently constituted to be the constructed to be the the first line i don't know right. but that it was it was like excellent team play um i think it's like 50 50 okay between thompson, thompson and tuck i'm good with that tuck gets the thing going like i think that initiating the the like barrage is always like one part like the toughest thing to do yeah is like getting the first pressure um, and the passes like perfect as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, credit to Tage. Tage's shot has gotten so much better. Do we want to give Skinner any credit for not picking up the tuck pass or do we think he tried for it and just missed? Uh, I don't know. Ooh. I think maybe we just I like leave him Skinner. out. I think Skinner's been really good this year. So I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to assume anything. Yeah, was that a, was he that a drop? He could have definitely, he could have definitely done like a, like a, like I'm gonna catch it. No wait, just kidding. Yeah, I, he probably I wonder, knows that Thompson's there. I wonder if he if he 
if he left it on if he left it on purpose or if he really did try to get it. I don't know. Oh, I can't decide. All right, we'll leave him out. We'll leave it out. 50-50 between uh, between Tuck and uh, and Thompson seems fair for uh, the second goal during the Nashville game. But there were a lot of nice goals, and those two I thought were probably the two nicest. Uh, the first two in the first period. Um, all right, we'll take a quick timeout, and then we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit about Sabres and Panthers. This was a positive show. So, you know, it wasn't all bad in Sabres-Panthers. So I shouldn't set it up like, oh, here comes the depressing part of the podcast. Like, there'll be there'll be some optimism here. Uh, that's coming up. Fight. They did. But we'll break it down when we come back here on Lockdown Sabres. Uh, it is college basketball national championship time tonight, uh, if you're listening to this on Monday at least. It is coming your way Monday night. And it's not just the national championship. A lot going on. This is Masters Week. It is Masters Week, baby. I saw I saw Jordan the Tiger Woods, even though he's not officially in yet. He's a game-time decision. He's the most bet-on golfer at the tournament this week. This week, I've actually been listening to – I start my day by listening to the music. Mm. It's oh. wonderful. It's so music. it's it's great way to wake up. Pop I'm gonna on. make that my. I think I'm gonna make that my alarm clock. Can you imagine waking up to that every day? You're not waking up to that. That's pretty mellow. Don't you need something? Bum, bum, bum. I think bum, you need something bum, less bum, mellow bum, for your alarm bum. clock. You fall asleep. Make it to loud. The, I think I'd fall asleep to the Masters theme before I'd wake up to oh, it. Oh no, I no? Wake up to it. Um, but anyways, uh, if you want to bet on the Masters this week, or if you want to bet on Villanova and Kansas. No, wait, 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 hold on. Kansas and North Kansas, Carolina. UNC. Kansas, uh, UNC. Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Go, Thank you. go Kansas. Uh, BetOnline.net, your number one source for your betting needs for this week, the National Championship, and the Masters, your continuing source for all your sports wagering needs. If you head to their website today or use their mobile device to learn more about the trends in action, BetOnline, where the game starts. I had Alex talk to score at BetOnline against the, save, against the Predators. And he missed that empty netter at the end. You remember that empty net shot he had that just went over the net? Oh, it was so close. So close. Um, What's the line? Do you have the lines in front of you? I do not. For what? I just want to know what the line is for the national championship. Um, Give my little pick for that. See, this is a good example of how quickly you can look up, you can, how yeah. user friendly bet online is. Because I'm going to get to this answer really fast. Uh, Kansas is favored by four points. They're minus 190, minus 190 on the money line. I love Kansas. You're going Jayhawks. All right. That's my pick. That's my pick to everyone. All right. Um, so Sabres and Panthers, Jody Biasi and Jordan Hanskin here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. They fall by a final score of five to three. They were down four to one in the third period, though. They got two goals. Were they both on the power play uh, in the third period? Um, let me double check that. Yeah, both on the power play. Skinner in his 28th of the year at the 825 mark. Thompson, 31st of the year on the power play at the 1019 mark. And then the Sabres take two late penalties that kind of kill any opportunity to tie it. So before we break down a couple of goals that went against the Sabres here, we'll uh, have some blame pie to spread around. What was this game for you? Was this, all right, I feel good that they fought back against one of the best teams in hockey, or is this frustration because... It felt like they could have had it in the penalties. It, it was frustrating. They took those penalties at the end. So we've gotten like embarrassed by the Panthers the past couple, past couple rounds with them. Yeah. Um, like seven, like one game. Weeks ago. Yeah. And this game was kind of like, I thought we started out strong. The second period, they, they were smoking us out of the, out of the arena. Um, and I thought it was just kind of another step of, like how do they respond to this? You they would they in the past they would fold. 
Um, mm. This game, they did, they didn't do that. At least credit to them for for that. They 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 answered the call. Um, they took a bad penalty at the end. I think the the one right off the face off. I think it was Tage. Um, yeah, you can't you can't you can't trip a guy there. That's just a lazy play. Yeah. Um, then the other yeah. one I thought was the other one I thought was a weak call. That was a borderline call. I'm Samuel saying the never, they would never they they never call anything in hockey. And they also, like, and they call that they swallow <laughs> their whistles late in games, and they swallow their whistles when their a team's already shorthanded. So they had double the reason for at least not not and not in my opinion in my opinion if it's a penalty you should call a penalty i don't care what is going on i agree i agree but, i think they should call more penalties but that's not the precedent <laughs> you know <laughs> that's they what bothers me is right they don't call like, any penalties they don't call the any playoffs, penalties i know i know minutes. you're gonna have to you're gonna have to kill somebody to get a penalty yeah no i actually go back to bet online for a second if you want to you want an idea for like a stanley cup futures bet the teams that i bet against in the playoffs are the teams that were the top power play units in the NHL, because mm. this is why Edmonton hasn't done anything in the playoffs in the past couple of years. They're like, because of McDavid and dry they're every year, one of the best power play units. Then they don't do anything in the playoffs. You know why? Cause nobody calls penalties in the playoffs and it doesn't matter if you have a good power play in the playoffs, cause you're going to get one chance a game. If that, so it, a part of the reason is they don't call penalties in the playoffs. They don't call penalties late in games and they don't like to put teams at five on three, which is why for that call, which was, it was a penalty in my opinion, but it wasn't egregious. You don't call a penalty. If you're NHL officials, they don't call that penalty. So that's why I thought it was, it, it shouldn't get called. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I thought they had a lot of fight. Um, once the penalties came in, they were, it was they were over. Done. There was no way. And even at five on five with an empty net, there was no way they were scoring right. in Florida. So, yeah. Before Good that, game. though, before that, the third period, they played well. The third period, they, they played did. well. Um, they ended up, what was the advanced stats in this game? Expected goals for 63% for the Panthers and 36% for the Sabres. That wasn't great. Shot attempts, 56% for uh, Florida and 43% for Buffalo. Um the shots on goal in this game, 40 to 29 in favor of Florida. You got the Kyle Poso ends up being the third star in this game. He wiggles his way in there with the, the first period goal. Jeff Skinner with a goal and an assist. Uh, just real quick on him. I thought he was having a bad game the first two periods. And I think Granado agreed because he got put down for a couple of shifts with Cody Eakin and Kyle Poso. So I thought he was having a bad game. He went for a skate on the Florida third goal. Um, and just like, it was his fault that there was an open shot on the right. I think that's when he got benched, but the third period, you know, I kind of like this about what's your opinion on this from Granado, a player screws up like that, especially in a flyby, you know, it's like a, it's an effort uh, mistake. You get benched. Do you leave him there for the whole game or do you bring him back? Because what Granado did was he left Skinner on the fourth line for the second period, but third period, he put him back with Tuck and, and Thompson. And then he made up for it offensively because he scored the goal uh, to make it five or four to two in the crease, and then he had the amazing pass to set up Thompson to make it four three. So, I, I it's easy to look back hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Like, oh, the guy scored a goal and assist. Oh, he must have got fired up by the coach in the third. I think just in general, I, I'm for for I'm for benching a guy and punishing him for a, a period, 
But I, I think that's my limit. I think I'm always willing to give the guy another shot to go back up top. What, what's your opinion on that? I think any good coach, it's every player is different. Some players react differently to different things. Sure. Um, and, and you know it, how he reacts there because Kruger benched him for months and it didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, like you, you got, if you know you have a temperamental player that just needs like a couple shifts to get going and to, to like, to get for the message to sink in. Like some players, some players are stubborn and they might need like a game, like a healthy scratch where you, you probably need to sit them for a game to, to get them to really understand the message. Um, but Jeff Skinner, I think like we've learned that he doesn't just, he needs, he's got, he's like more of like a feel guy. Right. And like, once you make the mistake, like you gotta like maybe, yeah, a couple shifts and then mm-hmm. get back out there. I thought, I thought Granado actually coached really well in this game. I thought, I know there's not much to think of like mm-hmm. coaching wise. You don't in hockey, you don't really get much of that. But the challenge was good, and the decision to bring Skinner back up was good. Yeah. So, like, he definitely contributed to the team yeah. working their way back. He um, was fiery. That too. second I, period was ugly. He, he, I, I, he's got more emotion than any Sabre coach since Lindy. And I he like that saying, about him. He likes saying that's BS. That's BS. He, he loves that. He, he does that. He loves yeah. that. Listen, that is <laughs> – he, he, I think he's doing a good job as a head coach, I'm trying not to be blindsided. And maybe I am because I'll be honest. I was a Tim Murray defender and looking back, why was I a Tim Murray defender? Probably because I loved listening to him talk. So I'm trying not to do that with Granado. And I'm trying to catch myself. If I ever kind of give him the benefit of the doubt, because one, I like listening to him. And two, like, how do you become a fan favorite as a head coach? Other than just making right coaching decisions. One is whenever you talk, you're interesting to listen to fans will give you, will start to like you. And two, if the referees especially screw something up and you're in their ear about it and you're fiery on the bench, like he is, I mean, he's not as fiery as Lindy was, but I mean, he is, it is day and night between him versus Housley and, uh, and Bilesma, especially and Kruger, like him being showing a little fire there. Uh, that's going to help you be a fan favorite. I shouldn't say that about Housley too, though. Housley had his moments. Remember when Skinner scored against the the Sharks? They showed the there's the gif of Housley doing the fist pump. Um, so he's been in it. But I, I think Granado gets the benefit of the doubt from fans a little bit from that. But I do think he coached a good game. All of that to the to thing come I back liked about Granado too is that he his opinions change. Like if they play bad, he'll tell you they play bad. Sure. Like the thing with Housley, which was annoying, is that he just always was like, you know, we we did really well. Like yeah. we, we yeah. played really hard. And then, like, did we? We lost eight to two. One other observation I have of Granado before we break down a couple goals here from the Sabres and Panthers game is he will juggle lines. So there, there's two types of coaches, right? Lindy would juggle lines every <laughs> single night. You weren't. I mean, oh, Vanek five, went oh, up and down. Vanek went up and down the lines yes. like every game. Right. Oh five, oh six, and oh six, oh seven. Lindy usually would stick to his guns and not juggle as much. Every other year of his career, he was a jug. Well, was a jug- in 06, 07, what's he going to do? Put Mayor on the top line? Right, right, right exactly. There wasn't. <laughs> yeah. Um. So there's like the jugglers, like Lindy. Then there's the staunch, stubborn guys like Kruger. Ralph Kruger would never shift his lines. He wouldn't touch them at all, in game or not, or like over the course of a long period of time. Granado's kind of in the middle. 
Granado, I've noticed, I think this is like five, six games in a row now where I've noticed, hmm, when the Sabres go flat a little bit, suddenly, all right, he's got Alex Tuck with Peyton Krebs, and now Dylan Cousins is with uh, Jeff Skinner. And he he moves things around for like a period at a time, but he always goes back to the outset lines. He always, like Skinner tonight I mentioned, like that's one example of that. Skinner, he's got down with Oposo for the second period, kicking the pants, and then boom, third period, he's back with, with uh, Tuck and Thompson. So Granado, what I've noticed is maybe he's doing it just to fire him up a little bit, but he likes the lines that he likes. I don't think he's juggling just to, to change it up. I think he's juggling to maybe fire him up because he wants to, he wants to eventually get back to the lines that he has set out. Um, which is of course, you know, he, he wants to keep that tuck Skinner Thompson line together and for good reason, because they've been great. So I kind of like, uh, the way he's gone about that too. Um, all right, let's break down some goals here. Let's play some blame pie here on the lockdown Sabres podcast. This is the second period Sabres and Panthers. I'm trying to find what the score was here because the, the scoreboard on our film here, uh, is blocked, but you know what? Let's just show it. All right. Let's just show it to our YouTube audience here. Uh, remember you can follow us on our YouTube channel, locked on Sabres, Anton Lindell. That's this goal, Anton Lindell. Uh, so it's a face-off win Marchman to the point, a shot by Robert Hag, former Sabre on net. Tukarski gives up the rebound and there is not Sam Reinhardt. Is that Anton Lindell to clean up the rebound? So we're going to show a different angle here. Um, Olafson challenges at the point. Nobody really takes the shot lane. I think I'll let you go first on this one, but I think Mark Pesic is going to be the biggest culprit here. Mm. Yeah. Um, kind of a, kind of a, a, a bang, bang play there by their, by their guy. Yeah. Yeah. There's a pick, but, uh, um, think, yeah, that's not great. awareness. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely, definitely. You can't let people just crash the net unimposed. Um, is pretty bad. And also I, this is my biggest gripe with Tukarski is his rebound control is bad. Yeah. I think that's like his weakest thing. Um, not say like that one's not a super easy one, but you know, like a better, a better save there, a more controlled rebound and you just like cover it up. Okay. Like Miller, I thought was like great with these where he would just like, he just like put his glove and move it across his body and then just like catch it and then just like hold it. Sure. Like Tukarski, I just feel like let's, let's the puck go pretty yeah. loosely. Um, So a little bit of blame to him, but yeah, I mean, he didn't really have a chance on this one. Like <laughs> what's he supposed to do there? He d- The rebound itself being given up, I guess the rebound you blame him for. Yeah. Um, all right, so what do we think? Do we want to give him how much do we want to give uh Tukarski? I want to give Pesic the majority. That not yes, only does I he agree. not he doesn't deserve most of it. Yeah. Pesic not only does he not pick up the man, by the way, the puck goes right between his legs. Um yeah. so I'm thinking I would Pesic, I would call this like this is one where the goalie could have bailed you out. Yeah. Like so maybe like 80, for, a, for a bad play. But 80, yeah, 80 20. 80 20 is good. All right. I'm trying to think if there was anybody else that Middle I mean set. nobody took Reinhardt either. That's true. Like, that what's Bryson? Let's watch Bryson here. What's Jacob Bryson doing on this yeah. play? Because Reinhardt, I think, hurt Reinhardt hurt Tukarski's chances of like mm. covering it potentially. Yeah. Because I mean, there's so much traffic in front of him. I want to. I don't want to give Tukarski even twenty necessarily. Yeah. Because I mean, Ooh. he can't even see it. Missed call here by the officials. Watch Reinhardt. Reinhardt's stick gets Bryson. Mm. Oh, could you imagine if they would have waved that off? 
they could have. They could have. It's a little ticky tacky, but he had, he does make contact. It looks like, right? Yeah. Uh, meatballs needed his challenge for later. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, Bryson looked like he complained about it to the ref after two, but to no avail. All right. Uh, the four-one goal is where we'll go next. Anthony Duclair gets two goals on the night for the Florida Panthers. This is his second at the beginning of the third period. It really felt like the game was about to get away from the Sabers on this goal. It's a it's a bad one. They're just kind of running around, some standing around too. After they're done running around, uh, it goes through Dalene. Yoki Haru loses a couple of battles. Well, I'll show you a different angle here, Jordan, but. I think um, just a lot of standing around. I almost want to give a little bit around to everybody, I feel like, here. Yeah, I mean, the fact that that guy, uh, I can't tell who it is on Florida. Verhage. 16. Oh, that's Barkov. Yeah, I mean, Barkov. He, Barkov but, duh, how did I not get that? But, <laughs> um, like, he gets a free shot. Nobody goes to challenge him. And then he's able to just get the rebound and just flick it across the across the slot right to declare yeah it's bad defense all around by the sabers it's just bad There's zero blame on Tukarski for this one what's what's he supposed to do yeah um i would say he doesn't do anything wrong dalene i guess like what do i want from dalene here do i want him to die yeah, I mean, he's got he's got to break up that he's got to break up that pass also yeah. who's that yogi haru over there yeah yogi haru he just throws is standing in the middle doing nothing yeah, Thompson and his skates, kind of a flyby. You know what? I think I Thompson, look at Skinner, somewhat. Oh, they're just all over the place here. Who's in the right position at this moment? I'm freeze framing it where, you know, we've got Duclair in front of the net. Barkov is tied up by Yoki Haru. Verhage is about to get the puck, and he's uncontested. And then I've got Thompson and Skinner standing at, at the wall, and there's nobody else there except the, they're both blocking a pass lane to the point, which is unneeded to have two guys there. So you know, imagine I, if imagine if uh, imagine if the point man came down to the high slot there. Yeah, it's like wide open. Exactly. Like, nobody's nobody's really in the right spot. I think Thompson. I Except want for Darlene, maybe Darlene, maybe Hino Stroza, I guess is covering for the centerman, which is Thompson. Thompson though, like, listen, you gotta you gotta you gotta battle here. Like he kind of just kind of fly. That's kind of a flyby, right? Yeah. Like he's he's that's, not that's, helping anybody yeah. where he goes to. So I don't know. I do. We want to give like, there's 20- a lot of lazy, a lot of standing around. Do we want to go like 25% to 25% to Hoyoki Haru, Darlene Thompson? And I don't know. Does Hino Stroza deserve, deserve any blame here? I think he does. Cause he doesn't, he just standing there. He's not doing anything. Yeah. You know what? He's got a, the moment, right. There's a moment here. I'll show He's you. He's got With a Barkov. crash right there. Barkov has positioning yeah. in front of Yoki Haru and Thompson. Right. Hino Stroza needs to make a beeline for Barkov here. And he doesn't right. do it. So I There's think 20- a lot of, a lot of puck watching. I guess 25%. Nobody took any initiative there. Nobody took no. any initiative. All right. 25% of the blamed all four of them. That's how we're doing it. Uh, the four of them being Henry Yoki Haru, Rasmus Dahlin, uh, Tage Thompson, and uh, Vinny Hino Stroza, the Hino Hive. All right. It's a good episode. It was a fun one. Yeah. We're not going to get many more RJ nights. So Yeah, and I want to be I want to be happy with the Sabres. Like they did respond well after those goals. Oh, Jordan, you know what we got this week? A home Carolina. and home with your beloved Hurricanes. Oh. Tuesday and Thursday. Tuesday in Buffalo against the Hurricanes, Thursday at Carolina. We haven't seen I much might of the go to the one on here. Thursday. I might, I might right. try to go to the one on Thursday. I'll go to the one on Tuesday. You go to the one on Thursday. <laughs> we'll have our own little home and home here. Um all right. So that's going to do it.
That's going to do it for us All here right. on Locked on Sabres. Tuesday night at 7 o'clock, Sabres and Hurricanes. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Check us out on Twitter. I'm at Sneaky Joe Sports. Jordan's at JR Hanskin. The podcast counts at Locked on Sabres. Be sure to like and subscribe us. It always helps us out if uh, you enjoy the podcast, wherever you may be listening. And we will talk to you on Tuesday morning here on the preview Sabres and Hurricanes here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen, Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Talk to you tomorrow here on Lockdown Sabres.